0: Thank you. So you can tell from the earlier part, the sermon today is about new things. And I toyed a bit with the the title because I was like, ah, it's a bit rubbish. New things. You know, there must be some snappy, you know, little ditty I can use as a title. No, it's just about new things. So let's just make it clear it's about new things. And we're going to say new things again and again and again today. So I've had two volunteers already for an activity. I would like two more. One can be youth, but I definitely want at least one adult. It doesn't involve any eating, any insects, because I know you did that last time. Sharon, yep. One more volunteer. Marina, brilliant. Come forwards. Brilliant. So, what's the worst thing I could ask you to do? Nothing.
1: Nothing that frightens you, no fears, nothing that you...
0: Nothing? <laughs> okay. What's the worst thing I could ask you to do? I can't lie because I heard it. It said sing. Sing? Yeah. If I ask you to sing, how would it make you feel? No, no, I'm sweating already. <laughs> <laughs> so it's creating a reaction, isn't it? you really... That's something that you're really, yeah, getting all hot and bothered by. It's nothing that would have that reaction for you. Sharon's she's cool isn't she she's ready for it all right so this is about new things so there's something I want you to try I'm going to show you it 1st we We're probably going to use that space there and then I want you to try it and you'll have one minute to practice and then you can show everybody the new task that you've learned all right so I've got a little bag of tricks here now some of you will know this about me particularly those that have been around for a long time some of you won't what's this? Baton. It's a majorette baton. Since I was a tiny kid, I've been doing majorettes. So what I'd like you to do, I've got two majorette batons for you, is I'd like you to do this. It's all right. So we've got it. We always have the top bit up, the, the um, heavy part at the top. Hold it in the middle and you're just going to make a circle on the ceiling, if you can imagine that being a circle. that gets wider and wider and it's never going, it's just doing that. It's never moving, other than so starting with a small circle. It's getting bigger and bigger. And my wrist is just moving it around. The bottom bit always stays underneath my hand. The top bit always stays on top of my hand. So just two big circles, one on the ceiling, one on the floor. And then you get to that. Can <laughs> do <laughs> Yeah. So we're doing small circles that are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So the bottom stays on the bottom, the top stays on the top. All you're doing is moving your wrist. Everyone see it? Yeah, seeing it and doing it's not the same thing. So it stays like that. And then all I'm doing now is getting faster and faster. But the top is still on the top. The bottom is still on the bottom. Step over that way. Now, the only difference is this one's slightly longer. i got a big one. <laughs> so, uh, before we start, how are you feeling now? You know what it is? It's all right. Fine. right. Fine. Give it a go? Yeah. Frightened? Night. Scared? Night. No. Marina, how are you feeling? It's great. It's great. Go on. One minute to practice. Oh, oh. So, big circles on the ceiling, big circles on the floor. (laughs) The bottom stays on the bottom, the bottom stays on the (laughs) bottom. Circles on the ceiling, circles on the floor, top stays on the top, bottom stays on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) all right 10 seconds 10 seconds to practice your technique (laughs) okay let's stop there right so you've had a minute to practice have you ever done this before no no how does it feel nice is it challenging? It's a, it's very challenging because it's not happening like the way you do it. But what does it feel like in your hand? Stick. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it, it is basically just a stick. Okay, so show us what you've learned about baton twirling. Brilliant, thank you, a round of applause, thank you, you can have a seat, oh. Brilliant. yeah you can sit down, thanks Marina, Sharon it's your minute in the spotlight, show us what you've learned. how does that feel strange <laughs> strange does it feel a bit awkward yeah yeah does it feel like you can't quite control it no i was getting the spin there yeah. so yeah. have you ever done it before not that type no okay another i've done like twist like spinning it around in a different yeah. way so some skills in this area that we didn't know about before brilliant a round of applause for sharon <laughs> So what's the difference between when I pick up one of these and these guys who've never done it before? What's different about it? Practice? Familiarity? Experience? There's a memory for me that I I just naturally do it. I know how I don't have to think about it. It's second nature. Um, This little one I've had since I was about six. And you can see it's quite worn because the rubber ending has worn right the way through so that shows you something that's been used a lot so there's been a lot of time and effort this one's a bit heavier than this new light one and you know I can do it with both but I still really prefer my old faithful child's one it's far too short for me it should be from the the uh, tip of your uh, middle finger up underneath your armpit so it's miles too short for me but that does make it a bit easier Because, sorry, (laughs) you don't have to worry so much about hitting under here. But as you're practicing with this, you get so many injuries. So you get wrist injuries, you get hand injuries. You injure other people because it often flies off. (laughs) Particularly if you're doing throws and turns. It quite often. My cat used to run a mile. Um, Obviously, (laughs) um, once you drop it on the floor, over years you get a lot of damage on the end because it's dropping on the floor and the rubber gets damaged. Um, this one is a, is a better length for me, but you 're much more likely to get bruising on your arm here and here as you 're doing it, particularly on those ones where you 're going backwards that 's a different one to the one I asked you to do but doing this for me is not unfamiliar. this is all right; I can just carry on it 's not like it 's even there. I can uh, just keep going but it 's not like that when you time it 's because you 've never done it before so we 're going to talk about new things and you know jasmine uh, and Leila, uh, tried with the the straws and the ball, and that's something new, this is something new for Marina and Sharon, and actually it's something about experience and practice and just doing something, Uh, you could watch a video on this, but until you pick it up and actually try it, you're not going to know what it's like, you're not going to know if it feels awkward, if you can get used to it, what it feels like, how heavy is it, is the top, because the top's bigger, is it a lot heavier than the bottom, for those of you who haven't felt it yet, this is heavy, is it? Um, So we're going to use that as an example today to think about new things. We said it was about new things, didn't we? So when we try new things, you've got to be prepared to give it a go. So actually, Sharon and Marina, the first thing they did when I asked was to think in their head, all right, I'll give it a go. Now, they might have said that because... They're just that type of person. They're the character that's willing to give things a try. They might have said yes because they're very comfortable here. They feel like it's very familiar. And hopefully we're quite a friendly bunch that are not going to, uh, you know, look down on them if they don't get it right. Hopefully, they thought maybe it's something enjoyable. Maybe I'm going to actually like it. Maybe I'm worth, it's worth a try. And Marina said, even though I don't like singing, she was still prepared to come and stand out here. I don't like singing either, so you're quite safe. It, wasn't going to be a, it was not going to be a singing. Oh, singing in front of the group is not your thing. But even though you, you thought that might be possible, you still came out. So there's something about being prepared to step out, even when you're not sure what the thing's going to be. You didn't know I was going to bring out a majorette baton. Why on earth would you think that? You <laughs> were Relieved. <laughs> but there's also something about public you know you're you're prepared to stand out here in front of a group of other people and give something a go for the first time um and it just made me think a lot about new things so if we put our uh, first powerpoint slide up rafe <coughs> so oh back to back to <laughs> yeah so old versus new So there's a few slides coming up about old and new things. If we go to the next one, um, there's a a few things that are old. So looking at the top right, the old pound coin. How quickly has it gone, or is it just me? Suddenly, we're all quite used to the new pound coin, except the Sainsbury's trolleys in Wallington. Can I just let you know? They don't take the new pound coins anymore. Uh, Old light bulbs, the old filament light bulbs. They are no more. Uh, The old phones, the old flip phones, the old Nokias, although they're coming back apparently, it's becoming more trendy again to have the old uh, Nokias back, but everybody's got a smartphone, we're used to getting on the internet, it's common, you know, everybody checks bus timetables on their phone, the idea of having to check a timetable in a paper book is is long gone. Yellow pages, do do they still even do a yellow pages? Do they do? stopping, stopping yellow page. Yeah, yellow page, just, (laughs) so online. And then the old minis. Now, sometimes we look at things that are old and things that are new, and you think, ah, I really like the old mini better than the new mini. Is that bad to say? i just, it's much nicer, it's nostalgic. There's lots of things that we get out of old things. And if we move to the next slide, Rafe. That happens in our own life, doesn't it? So we've got this old pair of slippers. Everybody's got that, that thing in their house that's an old pair of slippers, or an old jumper, an old pair of tracksuit bottoms, and they're a bit worn, they're definitely past their best, but they're really comfortable. They're familiar, they fit you like a glove. The slippers, even though they're a bit worn around the edges, you just know they're gonna fit you. They've molded to your feet. The old jumper is just comfortable. It's got a hole in the elbow, but nobody cares. And you might only ever wear them in the house, but the old things are really comfortable and familiar. And then somebody lovely buys you a new pair of slippers for Christmas, and they look nice and warm, but they're just not like the old ones. And it takes quite a transition to put on the new slippers or the new jumper, the new tracksuit bottoms, and say, all right, I'll give it a go. So even about our day-to-day lives, we have a moment here yeah, we have got to try something new. You've got to try that new pair of slippers. Because in the end, these old ones are definitely going to die. They're definitely going to not survive. So, but we are, by nature, I think, cautious of new things. Um, and, and we're a little bit trepidatious about it. stepping into it and thinking, What's Jill going to make me do if I come out of the front? What is she going to ask me? What if she asks me to do a handstand or the splits or, you know, or she gets me to eat something or, you know, things that we're frightened of? Meet an insect, have a spider on your hand, go flying, go underwater. Everybody's got something that they're just a little bit wary of. And when we think about our our faith, um, one thing that the Bible says on the next slide is, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? This is from Isaiah 43, verse 19. And for me, this is a verse for us and this church at this time. God is doing a new thing. And he's doing a new thing in lots of you, individually, but he's also doing a new thing in horizon. So we have to be ready for new things. I think we have to be ready for new things in our lives, in our faith, but also in our church. And I think this first message today about new things is the start of a whole series of newness, new things, change. I know Dave's spoken about change already. God's doing a new thing. And the way that we used to do things in our own lives and in church, it's going to change. It's got to change. For those of you who started new jobs recently, you know, Lisa's had a new job this week. It's a big change, isn't it? Walking in, who are these people? Do I know them? Who's my you know, who's my closest friend at work? What do I do? When's the tea break? What's the what's the rules? What's the routine? It's quite a lot of stuff to take on. But it's ever life is ever changing and church is ever changing and it should be ever changing. Because Jesus came and they was talking earlier about setting us free and taking chains off. You know, it's not a one trick thing. It's not that when you become a Christian, God takes everything and that's it, it's gone. All the chains, all the bad habits, all the bad attitudes, they're immediately gone. We are a work in progress. Yeah, funny. We're a work in progress and then God keeps bringing new things up. Things that you didn't even realise were there. A bad attitude, a bad thought about somebody, a habit that you didn't realise you had. So we have to have a think as Christians about new things. I just want to take us into the story of... Um, Jesus walking on water in Matthew 15. I'm just going to read a few verses from that. So, Matthew 15, verses 25 to 32. During the fourth week of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out to him and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God." Now we think about Peter in this situation, and there's lots of things that we've we read in the Bible about Peter. I I really like Peter as a character because he got so much right, and he got so much wrong, but he was definitely willing to give stuff a go. You know, he was definitely willing to try a new thing. And you know, you think about this situation, and you think he's on this boat. It's stormy. It's night. Jesus comes walking on the water. For goodness sake, I mean, what is your mind thinking at that moment? Jesus is walking on water. What on earth would you say next, if it's you, tell me to come to you? You know, if it's you, tell me to walk on water. You know, how many things would make us say, I'm going to walk on water tonight? It's just not, it's not, you know, it's a ridiculous notion nowadays we think about what would have kept him in the boat so the boat in this situation well clearly it's comfortable even if it was a fishing boat at least it was probably mostly dry even if they were getting lashed by the waves there was probably some dry areas it was definitely familiar these guys were fishermen predominantly so boats storms you know they knew that a boat would be fine in a storm they're probably feeling quite comfortable there And obviously, why would you not be in a boat on the water? That's the obvious place to be. Why would you consider being walking on the water? That just makes no sense. So then you think, well, why did he get out? And when he said that to Jesus, did he really expect Jesus to say, come? Just one word, come. All right. You say you want to do it. Come on then. So there's that willingness to try But then was he scared? I bet he was. Stepping out of the boat onto the surface of the water? Are you mad? You know, that's a crazy thing to do, to be willing to step out. You put your legs over the edge of the boat and you see the water which moves and is lashed. It's a storm. This is not a lake pond. It's not a mill pond. There's a storm going on. So the waves are moving and the wind is lashing. And he's going to take that step, that first step, out onto the water if he thought it was Jesus, I wonder if he thought, what will happen if I can't do it? What if I get to the edge of the boat and I'm too frightened and I just can't? I know it's him, but I just can't pluck up the courage to do it. What Will I take the risk? By even trying, I'm going to have to take a risk. By even sitting on the edge and looking like I'm going to give it a go, I'm taking a step of faith, am I? I'm taking a bit of a risk. What about all the, the other guys watching me? I'm taking a risk in front of them. What if this doesn't work? Yeah, Jesus says he's Jesus, and he's walking on the water. That's all right for him, though. He says he's the son of God. I'm just a man. What if, what if he can't do the thing that he says he'll do? And none of the others were getting out, were they? So we're very good in human life at following other people. You know, I've, I've seen people at airports, and it makes me laugh hysterically, um, where there's a, a track where there's those barriers, and people are walking up. And they're walking down. And if they only look to the side, there's a little entrance where they've clearly roped it off so they know there's not a big queue and you can just go straight to the front. But people haven't seen that little bit and they're all walking up and down in a row. And because the first person does it, everybody else follows. There's this whole trail of people and there's a little entrance at the side. It's crazy. But we do that. We follow other people really easily without sometimes realising it. So Peter was taking a risk, actually, because he was going to do something that the others weren't doing. None of the others said, let me walk on water. He was just going to do it. He was just going to be there. But why did he get out then? What are the things that influenced him getting out? You think about today and Marina and Sharon coming out. You know, one of the things is that they may trust me. They may think, actually, Jill's all right. She's probably not going to make us do anything too embarrassing or too scary. Actually, we've seen her preach before. It's probably all right. Making a bit of a judgment to think, is this someone I trust? Is it going to be an activity that's going to terrify me? And Peter had seen Jesus through the months, through the years. He'd seen what Jesus was doing. He'd seen many miracles already. This was somebody that Peter trusted. He'd seen what Jesus had done. So he'd just seen him walking on water, for goodness sake. So whatever happened before, there's a man walking on water right in front of him. And so he's seeing miracles right there, right then. He was definitely a chap, when you read the Bible, who was willing to try. And sometimes he tried and got it wrong. But he was definitely willing to give stuff a go. I think he was also willing to be different from others. He was quite often, and sometimes it's because he didn't engage his brain before he spoke, he was quite willing to do something different or to see something different from the others he wasn't necessarily a crowd pleaser and a crowd follower he was quite willing to be a bit different and i think that the main thing actually i think and this is just my speculative opinion jesus just asked him jesus said come okay you know actually he trusted this guy he believed he was the son of god he was looking at him walking on water jesus said come. okay all the human things about, why would you get out of the boat in a storm? Nevertheless, why would you walk on water? Jesus just asked him. Jesus said, come. Okay. He's willing to give it a try. He's willing to step out. He's willing to be different from others. He'd seen lots of miracles already. So Peter gets out of the boat. And he walks on water. I mean, what what is he thinking when he takes those first few steps?
1: What?
0: I'm walking on water. This is mind-blowing to be stepping out on water and then the fear kicks in and the panic and the worry i can't do it i'm walking there's nothing underneath there's just the ocean i'm walking and then his faith drops and jesus has to help him out he cries out to jesus and jesus holds him up but actually he got out of the boat didn't he he got out in the first place he was willing to give it a go because jesus asked him so what about us in our faith? What do we do when Jesus says, come? Come try this new thing. I want to push you that way and try this differently. I want you to do this differently. I want you to pray out loud. I want you to give your life to me. That's totally new and different. Hillary's experience this week, new, asking Jesus to be yours, becoming a Christian. We get really comfortable in our own space and our own old slippers and old jumpers. And they're familiar and they're comfortable and we know what we're doing and we quite like to be comfortable. And that's just human nature. That's just what we're like. But we can't be like, like that as a Christian. You know, God says, I'm doing a new thing. That I averse. I'm doing a new thing. The old isn't good anymore. The old slippers aren't going to cut it. The old pound coins don't cut it, apart from in Sainsbury's and Wallington, where that's all you can use in the trolleys. But you can't use them in the shops anymore, can you? You have to take them to the bank. You can't use the old coins anymore. So you can't. you're no longer able to just think, but I like the old I keep with these. It doesn't work. You can't do that. You're not going to be able to buy anything with your old pound coins. You've got to change. And I think the problem with the old things is that they don't take us into the new life that God is moving us into. So, if when you become a Christian you think that it's just going to be that moment and everything will stay the same after that point, I'm sorry to say that's not correct. Because God is forever changing us. And He's moving us nearer to Him step by step. So, as we leave one thing behind and we move on, we move to the next thing. As we take the next step, He's not pulling us backwards. Our future does not exist in our past. Our future with Christ does not exist in the things that we used to do for him, the way we used to think about him, our old prayer life, our old worship time. It doesn't exist there. Our future lives with him in the future. And he's ever-changing and drawing us closer to him, bringing about new things within us that may be about us, but they may be about blessing other people. It may be about blessing the church. So when we stand in the old things, we don't allow him to bring out the new things in us that can change someone else's life. What if he asks you to speak to somebody who's not a Christian and tell them about your faith? That's quite a big step for a lot of people, to actually talk to someone on the bus about the fact that you're a Christian and why, and to share your faith. But what if in that one new thing he's calling to you to do that you've never done before, that person moves into salvation. That one conversation turns their life around because it gets God into their life. What if? What if we stick with the old and just say, oh, I'm too shy to do that. Oh, I could never do that. I'm too frightened. I'm too embarrassed. What if I get it wrong? I don't know the words to say. Hang on, if God's there, he just says, come. He'll sort that out. He'll give you the right words. He'll give you the right time and the right person. And who knows what he might do? What might you do in the church if we try new things? What might you do if we all step into the new thing that he's got for us next? For every single one of us, there's a new thing, a new step. What would the church be like if we all step into that? No one's got the old pound coins anymore. All of us are existing with the new pound coins. What would Horizon be like? But we are people that do enjoy the familiar and the comfortable. And I see people, quite often if I commute to work, there's people that know exactly where the train at Hackbridge Station is going to stop and they know where the door is that they want to get on because they've decided that that's the one that's got more seats than the other carriages. And they wait by that line, lined up with the tree opposite or whatever, they've got a marker. And you can see in the morning, they all line up in exactly the same spot every single day the same people on the same train at the same point on the platform I don't know if they get on in the same order but they're all there and there's a little gap between the little groups of people because they know that the door is going to be here and the next door is going to be there so they all line up and what about getting to work or getting to wherever you go school or college you've got a route that you take and you always take that route you get the bus or you walk and I always walk that way and it becomes habit really quickly that that's the way I walk to work now there might be a quicker route but that's the way I go because it's just familiar I know where I'm going and I'm not really willing to try this other route until one day you can't go that way and you have to try the other route and actually discover it's quicker and then that becomes your new route and then the new route becomes an old route because that's the one you now use we are very quick to form habits the problem with that is God doesn't want us to stick in the same place all the time so the way that you pray, the way that you read your Bible, God doesn't want us to stick with that routine all the time. Come over have the next? So what happens if we get stuck in the past? My Photoshop skills are quite limited, but... Can you imagine the fashion if we were stuck in the past of the old Victorian and Tudor costumes? White tights, Dave. White tights. (laughs) Bob, nice bathing suit. You know, if we're stuck in the past and we refuse to change, we would still be wearing those today. I'm not sure that's a good thing. I think moving with the times is good. Sorry, chaps, I should have warned you about that. <laughs> okay, I'm only sorry a little bit. <laughs> uh, so we, we can't be stuck in the past. You can't. For one thing, you probably can't buy those anymore. So if you really wanted to wear those outfits, you probably would have trouble finding them. I'm sure there's some places. But the, truth, the same is true as with our faith. You know, actually, if you start to stick with the old and only ever go with the old... You're restricting yourself. You're not allowing God to move you on. You're restricting him acting in your life. And it's in the past. What are you holding on to that for? These things are well gone. No one wears them anymore. What we want is to move forward. Move with the new stuff. Allow God in and to build us up. And the other thing that we should move on because Jesus asks us to. He asked Peter, he just said, come. Jesus asks us to move on. We're also not made to live in fear. So one of the things that often keeps us with the old ways and the old habits and the past is the fear of stepping out and the fear of the unknown and the fear of failing and the fear of embarrassment. Bible says very clearly, we are not to live in fear. So whilst it's, it makes you a bit anxious. And whether the girls that came out at the beginning were feeling a little bit trepidatious about what I was going to ask them to do. Actually, don't let the fear overcome your ability to move forward. Whatever that fear is, it does not belong in your life. God takes away fear. And we're called to not live by fear and be restricted by fear. So whatever that fear is for you, Jesus just says, come, come. Whatever it is he wants you to do, come. Now, we are seldom asked to get out of a boat and walk on water. We're also seldom asked to do baton twirling. I appreciate that. But don't be restricted by comfort, familiarity. Change can be good. Allow yourself to try new things. Don't be limited by fear. If God asks you to do something and you feel frightened or fearful, take a moment and say, i'm not going to be frightened of this i'm not going to be afraid the word of god says i'm not to live in fear but to live in victory give yourself a a talking to actually i'm not going to be afraid don't be limited by what everyone else does so we've got some habits in the horizon haven't we we've kind of got practical things that we do we've got the toilet break we've got the praise and prayer cards what if god's asked you to do something really different are you going to do it because if you won't do it we'll stay the same as horizon doing the same things the same way all the time and that's not good do what jesus asks us to do i'm not asking you to take up bat on twirling though i'm happy if you do um because that's my thing what's your thing what's the thing that like, god's nudging you towards is it kids work that you've never done before maybe it's praying out loud in your life group if it's talking to somebody about the fact that you're a christian making sure they know it what's jesus asking you what's that little word that he says come what's the next thing where's that tug for you where's that thing is it becoming a christian for the first time he's just saying come you can feel it your heart's beating faster now and your palms are getting a bit sweaty and you feel a bit shaky that's certainly how i feel when he's when he's speaking to me come he says be prepared to practice the new thing. So if God is asking you to do something like praying out loud, don't expect and don't worry if you haven't got a pattern of doing it straight away. The reason that I'm not bad at that is because I've done it since I was six. It's it's habit. It's, it's not an unfamiliar thing for me. But it wasn't always like that. I took lessons, I practiced. And for new things that God asks you to do, if God asks you to do kids work for the first time, You don't expect to be the the amazing teacher straight away. Get stuck in and learn. Learn from other people. Take some guidance. Practice. Get experience. Don't expect to be the expert straight away. And sometimes that limits us. We try something once. We got to the point of trying it. And then it's either really difficult. We don't think we did it well enough. We're quite hard on ourselves. Or maybe other people look like they're disappointed in us. So we don't want to do it again. Oh no, I tried that you've tried it once give yourselves a chance if God says come practice get some experience get someone who's going to grow and develop you and say yep that was great yep we want to do some work with you in that area build yourself up and I challenge us to support and encourage each other if somebody's stepping out the first time to do something let's not be critical let's be encouraging See, that was brilliant. I'm really glad. Marina, Sharon, I'm so delighted that you came out and tried that. Well done. Because actually, loads of people didn't and looked really anxious about stepping out. So thank you for taking that step and giving it a go. Give it a go. And so, my challenge to you this week is what one thing will you do new in your faith this week? Maybe it's offering to pray for someone, maybe it's praying out loud, maybe it's talking to somebody that's saying you're a Christian. Maybe it's inviting someone to the carol service on the 17th. Maybe it's offering to help out in church, at Life Group, doing refreshments. It doesn't matter. And my challenge to you is to ask and pray for the opportunity. If you ask Jesus that you are willing to try something new, I guarantee he will open the door for you to do that. And it might be something unexpected and it might be something frightening. But if he says, come, are you going to get out the boat? Are you going to try something new? And if you try something new this week, let's have a praise card about it. So you never guess what I did, Jill. I spoke to this person on the bus and I said, oh, can I pray for you? I've never done that before. Tell us about it because that builds us all up and encourages us. Try a new thing. Do a new thing. Because do you know what? God's doing a new thing. So I'm just going to ask us to pray as we close. Yeah, God, we thank you that you see us as we are, but you don't want us to stay that way. You want us to grow and you want us to change. And you want us to move into the new things that you've got for us. And God, we take that word from Isaiah that you are doing a new thing, Father God. We pray that that will deposit in our hearts and in our minds this week. You are doing a new thing in our lives and in horizon. And God, as a church, we want to say, help us do the new thing. Show us the opportunities. Give us that little pool. And when you say that word, come, Lord, make us brave to step out the boat. Make us willing to do it differently. Take away the fear and the panic. Take away the fear of embarrassment. Take away the worry that no one else is doing it, God. But take us to the new place you've got for us and give us an opportunity to try new things and to do new things in our faith for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Great challenge there to be willing to do something you've never done before. Okay? Um, two things. Uh, mentioned earlier the Excel conference, that is going to happen again next year in November and Sam did buy about a dozen I think tickets, there's seven or eight still going so if you would like to go or you're interested, uh, see Sam or or myself, Sam's not here today but uh, there's that. And the other thing is um, the new, you know churches run on rotors very often don't they? And there's all these rotors and these things that need to be done. And uh, because it's the new year coming up, there are going to be some new rotors. And there might be somebody here who wants to do something they've never done before. So if you would like to be included on a rotor or there's something you feel God wants you to do and help with, whatever it is, uh, have a word with Astrid or Judith, mention it to me, we'll put you in the right direction. In the meantime... Have a nice cup of tea and a great week. God bless. Thank you.